1: You're listening to the Jaybird Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jaybird Bird Watching Podcast.
2: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Yes, you don't be, a, you know, it's not an illusion or anything crazy. I have made it back from the injured reserve. I am here. I am ready to play. <laughs> I'm even in my track suit and ready for spring training. <laughs> so, <laughs> fellas, um, I'm here with the normal co host Ken Alfred, Jason Lyons. Fellas, how are we doing?
1: Doing all right. You know, just celebrating the World Junior Can- Championship for Canada for hockey oh, that we had last it, week. Dude. So, you know, Canada. But uh yeah, doing well.
2: Yeah, I wasn't here to place my bet. That was no fun. (laughs) Hey Jason, I think you're muted, buddy. You're (laughs) muted, my friend. (laughs) Nope. I guess you're gonna be getting back in the game here eventually. So Jason (laughs) is back on the bench. Anyway, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) So tonight you might notice we have a fourth window with us here on the broadcast, and we have Eric Troyden here from the Jaysjournal.com, our official you know podcast hosting eric how are we doing
3: good good i'm really happy to be here i appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to have me on
2: yep hey we're all friends of the fan side uh jay's fun so we're gonna have a beer together here and whatnot and goof around and have some good fun times jason are we back in the game i don't know are we there we go <laughs> there we <laughs>
4: go excellent so, uh, uh, you know, again, I I re- reiterate that it was awesome watching Canada beat the U.S. It's always a highlight for me. It doesn't matter if it's tiddlywinks or cornhole or what the hell it is, as long as Canada's beating the states, I'm happy. Uh, and then, you know, nice to see a little Jays action, baseball action, are going around. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's just good to be good to be rolling towards spring training. I did uh, I did purchase some spring training tickets this week, so I'm excited. Really? Uh, I will be seeing some Seattle Mariners action, uh, some Los Angeles Dodgers action, and some Cincinnati Reds action. So, all oh, that yep, and yes. uh, that's
2: all Cactus League,
4: correct? Cactus League, yeah. We'll, that- we're going down there for the uh, the the LV Crash is going down there for a tournament in the second week of spring break, and uh, we're going to snatch a couple extra days and uh, watch a little ball.
2: Yeah, I happen to be that guy I was looking around at ticket prices today To see if I could get down to t- Clearwater To Tampa Bay area there To go to Dunedin And hang out maybe with my couple friends That happen to live in town there But, uh, yeah, I can't afford it <laughs> 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 The cheapest tickets were starting at like $250,
1: $300 And I'm like,
2: come on <laughs> I thought we you were. Just there was like this whole thing Nobody actually flied anywhere anymore and <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig, Didn't you just, you just
1: win, win some football it. money there, my friend? You just won football yeah. money last week You can definitely fly out it was a uh,
2: constellation round level, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> so it wasn't quite covered a $300 ticket. It would have covered a pl- couple of tickets to the uh, ballpark and some beers, but other than that, it could have been that. So, but anyways, we are ge- gearing up for spring training. Um, Mark Shapiro actually tweeted out today that pitchers and catchers for the Blue Jays report in 36 days, gentlemen, we're barely over a month away from spring training baseball and getting back to some regular, you know, spring fun instead of the winter wonderland that we're all living in currently. So to that point, let's talk. Some recent transactions. There was a lot of weird little tiny pieces going around for the Toronto Blue Jays, and to that point, even one happened about two hours before the show this evening. And that is the Blue Jays for a minor league trade, basically acquired uh, Zach Thompson, who is a you know right-handed pitcher from the Pittsburgh Pirates more pitching depth, a guy that has started maybe isn't the best of things, but is one of those guys that fills into it. Eric, uh, you, uh, and I were chit chatting really quickly when the show before the show, what do you think about them adding this guy as a depth piece here to begin this?
3: Well, I mean, I I think, I think he's got what it takes to be good. I mean, he's, he's still relatively young. I don't remember his age off the top of my head, but he, he recently broke into the lead. He had some trouble last year in Pittsburgh. Um, but I mean, the year before when he debuted uh, as a Miami Marlin, I know he was—he looked really, really, really good. That—that's why, you know, the the Pirates insisted on his inclusion in the Jacob Stallings trade. They—they they really, really liked this guy, and I—I I haven't dug too deep into it yet, but you know, for some reason, things didn't seem to take off for him last year. Um, I know he's six seven two fifty, so he's 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 a big guy. He's a, he's yeah. a giant. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's intimidating. That's a guy that even in worst case scenario comes out of the bullpen, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and it, it, I think he would do well in either role. But he's got the repertoire to be a starting pitcher. He's got six pitches that he throws. You know, he's not going to blow anybody away. But I I'm a huge advocate for having you know an extensive tool set. You know, if there's a pitcher that can hit you with six different things, I think, you know, they're sitting pretty good. And yeah. we were able to land them for, you know, a relatively cheap cost. I mean, Chavez Young has been floating around the system for a couple of years. I feel like he just – he never really did enough to warrant any serious, um, you know, attention to bring off to the big Leagues. And, yeah, no, I mean, I, I like it. I, I see why Blue Jays fans are a little like weary about it. You know, as hit people can really get stuck on ERAs and win loss record and stuff, but you know, this guy's one year removed from being really good. He has three minor league options. So we we might not even see him this year. He he can be freely sent up and down for a couple more years. So as a whole, I'm 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 a fan. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, big point, guy. The guy big yeah.
1: One at a time. Right, so, Jason. sorry.
2: Go on, Jason.
4: <laughs> uh big guy. Throws hard. Um, you know, I I when I saw it this afternoon, I took a little bit of a look. And again, you know, kind of speaking to to what Eric was saying, it's I, I find it hard to believe that he hasn't um had more success. Um, so you know, and, and traditionally, you know, he's 29 years old. So traditionally pitchers, you know, sometimes they need a little seasoning on top and you know, my hope is that, he, you know, maybe he can start in Buffalo and then, uh, you know, he comes up and, and does some middle, a middle inning or late relief and, um, you know, just throws the ball hard, just comes in, throws the ball hard and, 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 you know, gets some outs.
2: Yeah. And Ken, I think that's the name of the game right now is get some outs and they're trying to fill out this depth. Um, it, it's, it speaks depth to the point that he can be optioned back and forth, to the, the minor leagues and, uh. Um, as far as that, we were also talking, you and I, specifically about one of the other recent transactions, and that is that the Blue Jays re signed, funny enough, Drew Hutchinson of all major league pitchers that they've had in the million years. Um, I Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but was he the 2014 opening day starter? Because 15. somebody was hurt. 15? It was 15? 15. Oh. Wow, (laughs) I I thought it was 15, but I'm like, there's no way it could have been it. But everybody also forgets that Marco Estrada was in the minor leagues to start that season too. (laughs) So, and we had a guy named Daniel Norris that was more famous for living in a van in the the rotation that year. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for filling me in, Ken. But. is good right
1: yeah i think so i mean it gives you more tools you have more options to work with so you're not so you can give guys a little bit of rest especially if we're going to do the old setup and closer kind of thing right so as long as they can get their reps in. now i mean the fact that he's going to be having to float between buffalo and, and and toronto which is good because you know the way you just talked about him like he is an imposing presence he you know he's almost like a randy johnson size kind of dude and I, th- I feel like maybe yeah, going back and forth and get that, uh, you know, resume up a little bit more would definitely help us out because can you imagine if you're a hitter and suddenly you see this big hunk of beef walking towards you, whether it, whatever the situation is, whether it's a season setup guy or a closing guy, or just to get a few innings guy, it's like, Oh crap. What well, now what I got to do? So if he can <laughs> impose his will on the batters that I think, you know, optics wise, great. I just hope, uh hopefully he stays healthy. And uh like you said, take those six pitches and really do it now based on your knowledge of him. Like, so you said he's not an overpowering guy. So he's not going to strike you out. Is he the guy that's going to what? Make you chase. Is he going to hit make you hit a lot of ground balls that are easy outs or a lot of pop-ups? What's his style like?
3: Without, without taking a deep dive, I know his repertoire, like the fastest pitch he throws is going to sit at like 92 um, he relies pretty heavily on movement. He's got a good sinker, a good cutter, a good curveball. So, I mean, I, I'd say he profiles more as a ground ball guy. You know, kind of. I don't want to say soft tossing, but I mean, in today's game, ninety-two is is almost soft considered tossing. soft. <laughs> yeah, no average
1: Joe's ninety-two. Ah, yeah, I could
3: hit ninety-two. Yeah, only ninety-two. <laughs> yeah, only ninety-two. Only, only.
2: ninety-two. <laughs> So. And,
3: and it's also worth mentioning that to make room for Thompson on the 40-man roster, we had to cut one of the guys that we just recently claimed from the Yankees. I know I had a bunch of readers on the site that were kind of questioning what that was all about. I think the Blue Jays essentially picked Thompson over uh, Junior Fernandez because Thompson has minor league options and Fernandez does not.
0: Yes.
3: Um, so he even if he began the season on the big league roster, the Jays would have been stuck with him. And if they wanted to try and get him to the minors, they would have had to expose him to waivers. And, you know, someone like that, who just like so easily throws like a hundred mile an hour sinker. I don't think he would make it through waivers. So, I mean, the blue Jays just had to pick a guy with no flexibility or a guy with a lot of flexibility.
2: Yeah. That whole thing with Junior Fernandez is actually very quite Carlos Correa level of free agency and waivers comical. He's been this, would that's the third team that's uh tried to waive him this offseason. So
3: he's and that's just showing the start of the season
2: with the Cardinals. Then he was picked up by the Pirates, and now he's dropped by the Blue Jays. So to me, that just
3: tells me that teams want the guy, you know, they they bring him aboard and they try to sneak him through waivers only for another team to pick him up. So that just tells me that teams are, they're, they're eyeing the guy. They, they want him on their team. So, you know, it it,
2: says he has a 98.7 mile per hour sinking fastball. That's something you don't find every day. So to that point, um, if he somehow comes back to the blue Jays and they keep just trying to do what they, what was the guy that we kept picking up from the Rays last couple of years? I'm forgetting his name, but it was a pitcher that was like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down because it was just like we were kept handing him back and forth with the Rays. i have to see if I can remember his name.
4: I feel like that happens a fair amount right now, too. Like, I mean, you do see, if you ever watch the straight up transactions, there's so many that we don't, you know, that obviously they don't make the wire, um, but you watch guys just go up and down and back and forth and left and right and West Coast, <laughs> East Coast. Like, yeah. not, an e- not an easy lifestyle for those bubble baseball players, but, uh, you know, when you got to make room, you got to have the most options for the player you're keeping. You cannot, um, especially in this day and age, there's there's eight guys that can do, you know what most guys can do. So you got to take the one with the most options.
2: Yeah. So, and picking more guys with options. uh, That was kind of the name of the game for the January 6th day for the blue Jays, when they picked up a catcher, Rob Brantley, uh, another guy named Julian Fernandez, Paul Fry, as I mentioned already, Drew Hutchinson, and Casey Lawrence. Um, that spells fill out the minor league system to me. Those guys are all minor league deals that come in with a spring training invite. So if they get a chance to impress in this spring, they might make the roster, but it's probably outside looking in for those guys. Um, but to that point, uh, funny enough, I just happened to be pulling through Rob Brantley's stuff, the catcher that they picked up. Guy with a third-round pick over, or overall uh you know, there might be eventually something there. He's 33. Maybe something finally happens. You never know. Happened for Jose Bautista after 30. <laughs> I'm not saying it will for him, but this guy spells depth to the point where you got a good defensive first catcher that you can bring in off the bench. And, yep. you know, in that yep. pinch where somebody's missing in the minor league, you know, in the major league level for whatever the might reason might be get those kind of things. But that's why you also bring in drew Hutchinson um, Casey Lawrence, you bring back who, had a great minor league season with the Buffalo Bisons. Couldn't put it together for the uh, Blue Jays in the few starts that we saw. Them. But to that point,
1: this roster is yes. filling
2: out. Sorry. The point is.
1: Sorry, just a quick question, guys. So now we talked about Drew Hodgson just coming back to the Jays on a minor league deal. Is there any chance he would actually make the big, like, the 40-man roster? If he looks like a
2: Cy Young Award winner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this spring. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of curious.
1: So when we signed some of these guys to the minor leagues, uh, you know is the expectation to try and move them up or is it like you know what let's just give them the opportunity just to just really just excel at that level maybe they don't have it anymore in the major leagues but we like him he still thinks we can at least help out our younger team so we're just going to have him there yeah and you're you always want veteran presence
4: too like guys who've been around they they you can't get enough of those guys on your first level minor league team I mean, you've got guys who have been struggling to get to where they are. Sometimes they've got confidence issues and all they need is that little mentor, that little push forward. And you see guys, you know, really blossom into the player that they can be. Or, you know, to the other side of things, you know, maybe it's going to take a change of position or maybe it takes a change of of attitude or something to get you over the hump. And those, those veteran
2: guys are key to that. Yeah, somebody like Drew Hutchinson spells that all day, every day. He's 32 years old. He's going to be 33, I think, before spring. But the season will start. Um, and somebody's microphone's feedback. Somebody mowing their lawn?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear nothing. So. Quit cutting yeah. your lawn anyway, out there. I hear it only so, for a second. A Drew,
2: yeah, but so Drew Hutchinson, for example, though, he actually didn't put a bad season together for the tigers last year he's playing on a team that obviously couldn't hit their way out of a brown paper bag for the most part and the defense was pretty rough so you know that could be points on the era that could be this it could be that i just thought it was interesting i have drew hutchinson's career stats in front of me his heat his whip his walks and hits per inning Uh, are actually about the same as it was when he was with a Blue Jay last season. Really? Yeah, so there's something left there to that point where if you, your first five starters, somebody gets hurt, something's going downhill, it's this, it's that, whatever it might be. You got somebody, Ken, that can come up and step into that role and maybe, you know, be this year's Ross Stripling. Somebody yeah. to save that spot in the rotation, whoever that might be, because right now we are, Looking pretty thin in some of those pieces.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And he's a starter. He's going to be a starter in, our, in in Buffalo.
2: He threw 105 innings last year for the Tigers, so I would think that he's wow. not going to be throwing out, out of the bullpen.
3: Mm. Yeah, and, I mean, Ken, to get, to get back to your question, I, I don't think any of these guys that they just recently signed were brought aboard with the intention of them making the big lead roster, at least right away, you know, because – before spring these guys aboard the AAA roster was like just wiped and there, there was nobody like a Casey Lawrence who was like was dominant last year in AAA. So they want they want someone like that in there and same with same with Hutchison. You know he he looked really good in 2021 with the Tigers. That's why they brought him back last year. Uh I don't really think he has what it takes to break uh camp. You know, to like make it out of there into the regular season with the club, I think he'd have to be putting together like an otherworldly season, or a bunch of injuries come up. And I personally am hoping for neither of those things. I like the guy. It, I do it's too. Just, yeah, I like the guy. It's just there's not a spot for someone like him who struggles to even be league average.
2: Not on a that team team that's supposed to be competing for a World Series. This yep. year. Yeah
3: yeah so yeah, yeah. strictly depth and and with rob brantley too the uh the jays had zero catchers projected to fill out the minor league teams i don't think we're going to see him at all unless maybe multiple injuries happen you know he's got no 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 bat to speak of he he plays he plays some okay defense i mean he there's a reason he's played for like 10 teams in the past 10 years i mean he he's a good guy to have on hand but you really don't want someone like that making your big lead roster.
1: Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So,
2: but to that point, good depth in case some – Yes. You know, p- breaking case of emergency situation does arise.
3: So, And I, I do like that, Paul Fry. I like I him. Think, yeah. I, I think out of any of the – I think it was five or five guys that we brought aboard on the minor league deals, Paul Fry has the best chance. He's a lefty. He's a, he's a relief pitcher. You know, we, we have – I think Tim Mazo is the only lefty projected to start the season in the big league bullpen. Yeah. So I think of anybody, Paul Fry would be the one that could potentially make the team going into the regular season. Yeah.
2: But to that point, he's probably got a better chance of starting in Buffalo and figuring it out. But to that point, do, are they doing the thing this
3: year again, where they're allowed to carry a couple extra players to start the season again? I don't know. I would I haven't heard I had to guess it. I would say the answer is no, but I, I haven't. I, I'm not sure. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they do that last year where they had the 28-man roster and then yeah. it
2: went down to 26?
3: Yeah, it was 28 oh. for, I want to say, the first or three month weeks. or two. Yeah. They, I think it was a month. And then they I think they expanded back to 28 when September came around. So the September call-ups are now two guys instead of expanding to 40 yeah
1: interesting just want to make a um, comment last thing over here to craig before it's like we got a lot of viewers man if you have questions please ch- chime in man so we can talk about it yeah, I can see I, it, I was I,
2: pumped, including Jason. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. I wanted to uh I wanted to bring something up. Um being out in Vancouver, we do get to see I go to a lot of Canadians games, so I see the, you know, the roots of what's coming up to towards the Jays, and I actually made a note a couple of weeks ago to mention it and I never ever did. Anthony Morales is a catcher that the the Canadians have and um I actually talked to him. A a friend of mine has really close seats and they walk down and they'll talk right to you and all the rest of it. And he was very engaging, talked to my sons and talked to myself. And so, you know, you kind of make a side note on the guy and then he goes two for three and hits. I mean, Nat Bailey's one of the hardest minor league parks to hit home runs out of and this guy hits two and he's laughing the whole time like I mean he's having a blast and so I've kind of kept my eye on him and I know he's he's on the the C's roster this year but uh he might be one to watch for sort of rocketing up that uh that he's got the bat for it um probably not the best defensive catcher I've ever seen in my life but he's got a cannon of an arm and he can hit the ball a ton so I mean good for bad on that
2: one yeah yeah And to that point, the Blue Jays have been doing this like skimming off the top for the minor league system the last few years, like just taking the head off the top of the beer kind of like thing. And they have managed to continue keeping people, you know, at especially at that level, you're getting to see down in Vancouver. They have continually gotten good talent to keep coming through this system. So it's just now we're, like I said, we're, you got to keep recouping that because right now it's basically Ricky Teedman and yeah, Ricky Teedman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but speaking of that, well, let's talk some other fun stuff. So you're talking about having shenanigans and goofing around and I have a good, uh, headline I read earlier about the other gentleman that obviously was the biggest acquisition over the last few weeks, uh, last week here. And let's literally belt this to the next level boys. We got Brandon <laughs> belt. Um, well, so yeah and i gotta i gotta keep being i'm having way too much fun with that next level comment or or hashtag the last year (laughs) so um but brandon belt spells a need that this team needed We need another lefty bat that could come in off the belt or coming off the bench and has some pop yes um Brandon Belt, I, I mentioned this on, through our Twitter account the other day, he doesn't just have a home run hitter's name. He is a home run hitter when he can be. He's been unhealthy the last few years.
3: So yeah.
2: it's been hard to see him get a good base on a on a swing with his knees bothering the park. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and If he can get some DH spots in here, play a little first base – Come in and, and I was
4: reading. Win. I was reading the reports out of San Francisco. Uh, were that he coming to the end of the season, there his knee was as healthy as it's been in three years. And so, yes. if you go look at his production from last year, it was okay at the start, and then it dropped off a little bit, and then it started to skyrocket. Now, again, I mean, we've talked about load management a bunch of times. Brandon Belt could be a guy that could be a massive piece for the Jays if they can load manage him. Um, and, and if he can continue. And I've got a really funny Brandon Belt story as an aside. Let me just fire it out there. I was All watching right. <laughs> the Giants play the um, uh, the uh, Braves in Atlanta, and Belt was playing uh, left field. I was sitting right against the fence. A dude throws a hot dog, a half-eaten hot dog, at Brandon Belt. This was, like four years ago. Hits him in the leg. the The hot dog hits, still in its wrapper, right? It's a wrapped hot dog. So Belt reaches down and picks it up, and slips it into the back pocket of his pants, and then the pitch goes, he pulls it out, he unwraps it, takes a bite, and puts it back into his back pocket. And then this. I was like, that's the best. And from that point on, every time he ran out, the whole outfield crowd cheered for him. It was hilarious. It was so
2: good. What's up, what hot it? dog guy? Like hot dogs. <laughs> so what is Excellent. it with him and food? Because this is the fun that I saw on uh, Twitter uh, yes. earlier. Yeah, that, <laughs> <And>, um... <laughs> More or less, it comes down to when he was in Toronto for a recent, you know, oh, here it is, a recent trip that he's, uh, this was more or less his deciding factors, the way he made it sound in this interview, is why he came to Toronto and it was too easy for him, and let's just go. So he was staying at the Ritz carlton downtown there in Toronto, and, um, you know, players get off the road, They it's really late, it's late after games, you know, they just got to have something to eat. He called for room service or whatever and got chicken tenders. And he goes, these are the best chicken tenders I've ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Because his routine is dunk it in the ketchup, dunk it in the ranch, dunk it and then just destroy it with a bunch of uh, pepper covered uh, French fries and stuff. Really?
1: Maybe I should try that. I don't know if my heart can handle that, but yeah. Uh, oh, good. Apparently, gentlemen, it
2: helps we, you hit a home runs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, right, gentlemen. We actually have a comment here from a, one of our viewers, Larry. He's asking: any ideas where Calvin Biggio fits in the roster with si- with the signing of Belt?
3: Is a it makes me question. nervous for all the Biggio fans out there. Um, I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I wear my hat. He's I gonna think gonna for me, a, like a while hat. now, he's been one. That, that's just right on the bubble of the roster. You know, I, I know the fans like him. I like him. I want him to to you know excel as a Blue Jay. But I'm starting to get a little bit nervous with the more additions we make. I think he's getting closer and closer to being the one to get the axe. Um, or what? And that might not even be you know being designated for assignment. I think he, I think he'll have at least a little bit of trade value. Um, more so- than a little, I'd say. Yeah, right. yeah. So he
2: still has upside. That's the catch. And everybody still sees it. I and mean, he has not been healthy the last few years. Yeah. So there's some there's still something to the tank, but there's I think lots of teams out they there got log jam at second base right now.
4: Yeah, there's lots of teams out there that would try and snipe him. And I'm sure you could get a, either a decent pick or um, you know, a good you know, my hope would be you could grab a you know, sort of a a mid minor league reliever that's on the uprise or you know, something like that. I mean, it's, you know, we're pretty dialed in the outfield. We're pretty dialed at a few different places. You know, I think if you work that middle relief and, and you know, try to look two, three years down the road at where we are going to lose people, like whether it's, you know, whether it's Bo or Chapman or whoever is not going to be there anymore. Let's look to start filling those holes with studs, you know, that uh, are on the up and come.
2: Yeah. And to that point, does bijio actually play into that equation? Would be the question because right now, if you were going to look at paper, Santiago Espinal was an All Star last year. Yes, he fell off like a freaking cliff after he, after after the All Star game. But um, and they got Whit Merrifield for this season too. So those are two guys that are probably going to be playing second base equally as much. Where do you put Vigio if he's not playing first base now because you brought Brandon Belt in. He's right. not going to be your corner outfield guy because he's not the best outfielder. <laughs> you know you, what is? You that?
3: have to you have to consider the prospects that are right on the cusp of breaking into the major leagues as well. The addition of an Addison Barger or, or Elvis Martinez. You so bring those guys up. Even. Yep. <laughs> yep. You bring any of those three guys up and. I mean, who, who do you, who do you get rid of from the equation? You're not moving Maryfield. I mean, he is a free agent coming up, but you know, Espinal, you're not, you're not going to move him. So someone, someone's going to have to, someone's going to be replaced by these prospects. And I, I think BGO is probably going to be the one. Yeah. But if you talk yeah. about somebody having some trade value, Espinal would be one of those guys that would
2: have a little bit more on that level because of him being sure. an all-star and the ridiculous club work that he does. Yeah. But, Although I,
3: I would think that his rapid drop-off last season Scarce. would be a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. If I was a team looking to acquire a middle infielder, I would need to see another first-half Espinal like he had last year before I do that. Because if, like me as a fan and as a viewer and a follower of the team, I, did, I was not – I didn't like his drop-off in the second half. so yeah. It screamed that yeah. something was wrong, whether it was yeah. he was hurt or
2: lost everything or it was all a flash in a pan to, to begin with. So yeah, or was. he
3: just got a hot start, and and we're not going to see that version of him. I mean, we're, yeah. we're just going to have to see how he, how he comes out of the gate this year. Yeah.
2: I think his uh, outside contact metrics do speak for that was probably something real to it because he does take good – at bats period. He sees good pitches. He waits for the game to come to him a little bit. So to that point, there's something to it. I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle Is probably where the reality is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He had a pretty
4: meteoric rise too. And then he's at the all-star game and he's, you know, he's, he, he's doing things that I guarantee you he didn't expect to be doing. And I mean, maybe it all just caught up with him you know, like maybe, maybe you get to the point in the season. I mean, we've all seen it with baseball players. We've seen it basketball players um, where they sort of get that, that really fast rise. And then they kind of Peter out. And my hope again is with you guys. I like him. I I would like him to be the starting second baseman for the Jays uh, and lock it up because like you said, he's brutal to get out. Like, I mean, He's he likes a good solid eight to twelve pitch at bat like nobody else, and I mean that? it's you know it's he's a good they seem to like him on the bench and and he's he's not expensive is he I don't think so I mean there's a lot of things going for him and and my hope is that that um, you know old sideburns will, will just start to work his magic and get it get him nice and calm and back to how he was because that's how I always saw him is he was so calm he was so smooth. And then in the second half, he wasn't that anymore. He was yeah. jumpy, hands were moving, feet were moving before the body was. And as soon as that's so you're done, right? Like yeah. I mean I made yeah. this
2: comment on the show before. Obviously, you two gentlemen and Eric could join me on this adventure here. Um, the um right when John Schneider took over is when he started going down. I was wondering how much time that it was John Schneider had the time for him and working for mm-hmm. with him. That after all of a sudden being pulled into being in the manager's seat, he didn't have that time to keep, you know, bringing up his confidence. I was wondering if it was something, you know, that simple. Because I didn't think it was anything Montoya was doing, obviously. Uh, We've seen the ups and downs as the Blue Jays hitting coach and staff and what they get and get out of people. um, It's all over the place. I still think there needs to be a reset button there, but what do I know? (laughs) But to that point, you mentioned Donnie Baseball. So maybe that's the other piece to this whole thing that might take somebody like him over the part. But then back to our original topic here, the Brandon Belt situation. Those same guys in management might be the same reason you see a resurgence in Brandon Bell. Yeah. It would not shock me that he puts on something similar to what we saw with the minus the issues and other steroid fund here that we saw from Chris Colabello in 2015. <laughs> it would not shock me he puts up some of those numbers like that. Yeah. It's really good. And you have yeah. so
1: back Well, yeah, because, you know, we brought in another lefty, which, you know, I sometimes I remember Jason, and I chat about this last time. Are we pulling? Are we grabbing left handed batters just for the sake of being a left handed batter? Yes. Right? Or are we? Yes. <laughs> that's what sometimes I'm looking at. I'm like, we got a lot of lefties. I'm like, I hope that's not the only criteria that we're, that yeah, we're doing. Like, I
4: mean, it, I find it so interesting, you know, as being as being a Canadian baseball coach, um, the team that I coach is. lefties and you don't see that anywhere. And I think the reason that they are is because we play hockey and there's a lot of left-hand shot, shot hockey players. And so their natural strong side is to the left. Whereas down in the U S if you're not playing hockey, then your dominant hand is you're going to be taught to be a right-handed hitter normally. And I mean, you know, of course there's freaks that can hit both ways and there's guys like Ichiro that their dad, you know, (laughs) makes them hit left for one year, right for another, left for one year, right for another. But the left-handed bat is so crucial in the lineup, and it, I don't know why it's so hard to find in the majors to have two or three good lefty bats on every team.
2: We have We're four past now, the days of David Ortiz. Yeah.
1: they <laughs> have like four now, right? So Good. That's a great number. Yeah.
3: And I think the problem with trying to find some of these lefties is that You're not necessarily going to find them frequently on the free agent market because other teams want these guys, you know, you're,
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined
4: with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba. Everyone wants these lefties on their team, so they're going to get extended. They're going to get, you know, traded for and then and then extended. Or they're going to get signed before you even have the opportunity to. Because they're, they're a hot commodity. And I think, you know, the Blue Jays got got lucky, you know, landing some of these guys. And I think Varsha especially is going to be something else for this team. So I'm, I'm very high on him. I think we, we just had to do what we had to do. And, you know, it's, it was a steep price. And I know the reception has been very back and forth, but no, I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do to get a lefty, especially if your team is so right-handed heavy, like the Blue Jays were entering this off season. Yeah.
2: So now that we've talked Brandon about what are your guys' expectations? Do you think this is a depth move purely or do you think there is something left in his baseball tank that we could be able to tap into this season? Anybody. I think yeah. we've
4: got two, we got two guys that are on the same sort of plane in Kiermaier and belt. And so what I think Don Mattingly brings is Don Mattingly has tradi- traditionally brought the best out in older players and um he we've seen it in a couple of different spots where he's been where they really associate with him and they really and i think it'll help springer too mean, he's he's in that sort of area too and it's it's one of those things where where you hope that that i mean belt i i really got my fingers crossed with him because again i like him a lot and Kiermaier, you know, obviously, uh, Eric, you don't you know that uh, Craig is probably the biggest Kevin Kiermaier fan there is out there. I, I think he's got one of those big head things in his head.
1: If we make the playoffs or invest in the playoffs, we got to get Craig a Kiermaier jersey. That's awesome. I listen to the show <laughs> enough
3: to know that it's the complete opposite. I've heard. I've heard.
2: There. Like oh. I said, I'd be buying a Colby Rasmus jersey before I ever buy a Kevin Kiermaier <laughs> jersey, just saying. Or, or my personal favorite, because he snubbed me three times for an autograph, Jose Cruz Jr. Oh, <laughs> that's
1: why you don't like him. Okay, yeah. I don't get it.
2: I was five. <laughs> I was, kidding, whatever it was, you know, I don't remember. Was, he was playing here in the minor leagues with the Syracuse Chiefs at the time, and the guy would never come over. He'd be like, he signs one person's, walks away. and <laughs> So oh, I was like, no I'm man. Sure. So, yeah, exactly. So, but, but anyway, uh, to that point, I. anybody have anything they would like to pepper in about Brandon Belt at all before we go yeah. on to
3: – yeah, go right for it, Eric. Go ahead, Yeah. Eric. Um. So I, I wrote a couple pieces for the site on him. I've been doing a lot of digging into him and a lot of research. And, you know, don't let it escape you that he hit – I, th- I want to say it was 29 or 27 home yeah, runs in 29. under 100 games. In twenty twenty one. So he missed time with injury, yes, but he was dominant when he was out on the field. And he had he had his issues last year, um, you know, with his knee. He I I read an interview with him at the end of this past season. He said, If I am not healthy and my leg is not or my knee is not ready to go, I'm not returning. Yeah. So I think so Here we that, are. Yeah, right. right that's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting at is the fact he that he's here. Do you guys
4: want to hear a crazy stat now that you've Absolutely. made me look, Eric? <laughs> so basically when Brandon Belt is healthy, he hits a home run in every game he plays. It's I'll insane. Say, really? If you go look at his yeah. home runs to games played, like 2021, 20, 97 games played, 100 and, oh no wait, what? 29 home runs. But like I mean it's it, he was he he hits just crushes bombs. Yeah.
2: Like I said, it's not just a name. It's he belts the ball. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we got to the belt section there at the Rogers Center. No, Sky That's what they got to have.
2: And just to be this person, he's hit 175 career home runs in probably what is arguably the biggest ballpark in all of Major League. Oh yeah, yeah. So especially for lefties.
3: That that leads me into another point is that he maybe aside from a George Springer off the top of my head, he brings more experience on the big stage than anybody else on this club. Yeah. Two (laughs) rings. He's got two rings. He was part of that crazy good giants team. Um,
2: Oh shit. Isn't it even here?
3: (laughs) No. no. (laughs) I actually have something I want to circle back to on that eventually later, but um, no, I mean the, I feel like when the guy is healthy, the guy can hit the ball. He's a pretty good defensive first baseman. Um, If you were asking me, I'd say he's going to be a designated hitter more than anything else. Um, I think there's maybe a platoon to be had there, you know, him versus righties and then one of the two catchers versus lefties, because I think, I think the Blue Jays know that Jansen and Kirk both have to be in the lineup. Um, So, I think you have belt against righties and then one of the catchers against lefties at designated hitter. Yeah.
2: And with uh, the addition of our show, being able to even catch in a pinch. They're not, not afraid of that having a third catcher on the line on the roster anymore either. So, Can't Merrifield catch as well. I'm sure he can. <laughs> I think he was technically our third, you know, if yeah. for some yeah. reason they went through everybody last year. I he's think he's also the, the athletic the, trainer. The, uh, catching a pinch thing. Yeah, he's the
4: athletic trainer. He's usually
3: a middle infielder. Yeah. yeah. So, And I'm one last thing training. about Belt, especially on defense, I've seen a lot of commenters, a lot of readers say that they're excited about this addition because he can play some outfield. But I think I – I think I can just say it right now. We are not going to see Brandon Bell in left field even one time. If it is, season. it's for like uh, one inning, and you hope they yes. don't hit it that way. Yes. I mean <laughs> – With two outs in, in the
1: left in the inning. That's maybe – Yes. in. Yes. He, he yeah, is no longer left field. Not yet. exactly
3: a defensive replacement anymore. Right. <laughs> right. So, so to anybody who thinks that his value is – Increased with his ability to play the outfield, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. And and probably not. It's not 38 hot dogs for Yeah. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs>
1: but yeah, I, I want to see the 2021 belt. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, almost 30 home runs and 274 batting average. I'm like, geez, he can hit the ball. So yeah. let, let he's let's always that, been a
2: hitter. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm I'm hoping that uh, like you said, the knee injury is gone now. We don't have to worry about it. You said he's back now. Let's hope that he can we can get the 2021. Uh belt out there and uh i I think we could use 29 home runs this season from him yeah oh yeah if you
2: get if you get that 90 games out of him you're getting 60 rbis that this team's already mashing if you're getting somebody like that in that many games (laughs) and And still be able to pepper in those rbis this
3: is something you're not going to see on his stats but the guy has one of the most beautiful left-handed swings in the game you know there there are so many home run videos out there of him like, he just it's such a majestic swing it reminds me a lot of Ryan Howard with the Phillies it where it like is Howard. so effortless with the way he hits it i i'm i'm a huge sucker for stuff like that like i said you don't see it on his baseball card you can't look nope. up yeah you know where he ranks in Swings, but he he's got a really good one, and I think he can make some pretty effortless contact and with with power too. Reminds wait, 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 me
4: over. of reminds <laughs> me of another Blue Jay swing, John Olrude.
1: I was about it to say, Are you're telling me like better than John Ulrood? Effortless,
4: Effortless. <laughs> yeah. I was so say,
3: well,
2: so good deal. So I agree that there is anybody that's looking at this, and yeah, it sounds like a lot of money at nine million dollars for a one year deal, but. right now you just you hedged your bet in the right direction by getting somebody like Brandon Belt on this team. And he's a known winner. He could be that guy that is the catalyst for something like we were talking about that maybe just lights that little extra competitive edge under everybody, too. So there's something to be said about having a champion in the locker room versus just random lefty bat like we were talking about and inserting it into the
3: lineup. So. Just just wait until the end of the year when everyone is saying, God, I can't believe we're only paying this guy nine million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, I wouldn't be shocked by that.
2: Meanwhile, I'm saying on the flip of that that you're overpaying for Kevin Kiermaier, but that's besides yeah, <laughs> keep calling
1: him Kilmeyer for some reason, but what's this what's is how it? I feel about
2: yeah. it. <laughs> <Kiermaier. laughs> so, anyways, to that point, let's talk roster in general because like i said we are 36 days as of the recording on 110 2023 here that we are going to be talking blue jay spring training how is your guys confidence level i know we haven't gotten everything that we asked for in our christmas gifts this year for the toronto blue jays as far as the roster forming is going but there is a lot of good things going on this roster how is your confidence looking for what is the probable 26 man roster shaping up at this point
3: Who wants to take it first? I I (laughs) can start. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Um, I think entering this offseason, this club top to bottom, has to be in the top two or three in the whole American League, even with these roster holes. And I think each one was very specifically addressed. You know, we we needed a left-handed hitting outfielder, so we got Varsho. We needed a pitcher, and we got Bassett, who I think is going to be awesome. And then in the bullpen, too, you know, we got Swanson, who is a relief ace. And I think top to bottom, still, this this roster is stacked. And, I, and there are people who love to, you know, comment on certain things in the peripherals and advanced stats of why this team is not going to be that good. But if you have a lineup that starts off with Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Kirk, Varshaw, I can just keep going. That is a that is a fearsome lineup. Even the bench is starting to get filled out, and some of these backups and the pitching staff is there. I've noticed a lot of commenters and a lot of readers think that our pitching rotation needs to be five aces. We have uh, three guys at least that, we'll, that we can rely on in Manoa, Gossman, and Bassett. Barrios, I think he's going to bounce back. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see one of or both Kikuchi and White looking better than they did last year. Yeah. you know. To, or at to, least
2: making up in the aggregate, right, between the yeah. two of them together. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <Same thing. So laughs> to, to even have four really reliable starters, which it seems like we do right now, that really says something because you're not going to find a, a rotation with five aces in it. So I think the fans need to try and realize that this team is stacked. It is, it's looking really good. I, I'm, I'm very confident. I think the bullpen is the one spot that could use maybe another name or two, but at the same time, Anthony Bass looked awesome last year. We know what we're getting from Jordan Romano. Tim Meza looks good. Simber is good. I think, you know, maybe a Trevor Richards is one you can look to flip and get someone new in there. But I I have a hard time looking at the projected active roster and finding something that really makes me think, oh, this team is not going to do it because it, it looks legit to me, you know, and some of the Teams like the Yankees and Astros are the popular ones for everyone to say, oh, yeah, they're going to look really good. But when you put these two teams next to each other, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the talent is there and I I think I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they got because I think it's going to be good things.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely be very competitive this year. I I think there's no doubt about it. Offensively, we're probably going to be still one of the best hitting teams in the league. And if, uh, like you said, if we can get our pitchers to have more consistency for it, like you said, Manoa is going to be great. We know that's going to happen. Hopefully when Ryu comes back, hopefully he can establish his MVP presence that that he had a few years ago uh, and and stuff like that. So I'm very excited. I guess I just want to make sure that, you know, we don't just – blow everything within during the regular season right because i I just made sure that we all talk about workload management and whatever as long as we can perform in the playoffs that's my biggest thing right now because it's great if the jay suddenly beat the yankees 20 nothing on game four of the season can they do that in the actual playoffs that's going to be my thing right so excited for that
4: and I mean, same, same for me, like I've, I've, um, you know, as the moving parts have sort of come to rest, you know, I was disappointed in, in the trade for Varsho, but I mean, you know, he, he's a, he's a good baseball player um, and he, he fit, he fills a void and you can't, I, I think I said this last week, you can't get too emotionally attached because I mean, there's obviously something that's driving that, tra- that trade to be made. So, I mean, you know, my hope is that, you know, a guy like Chapman can, can raise his, his, uh, his average. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Jays, one of their strongest things on their projected starting lineup is their on base percentage. They're on, on, base percentage as a team is very high. And I mean, if you go back, it, how do you score runs? You get guys on base, and I think that the addition of some of these guys are the kind of guys that can bash those runs in. You know, if Springer's on and Bo's on and they're getting on consistently, we've got guys in the lineup now that can hit them home. And that's going to be crucial in the dog days of summer. I know that Jay's let a lot of games get away with a ton of runners on base last year. It, it seemed to be a problem for almost a month. And so if you can get the belts and the varshows and these other guys hitting runs in, I'm even going to say Kiermaier just to bother you, but like Danny Jansen and I mean, Kirk only hit 17 home runs last year. I hope he can hit 25 this year. So, I mean, it's, it's a progression as a team. Um, I like a lot of the, I like a lot of the, the moving parts and I, I'm a big fan of white. I, I liked him when he was in, when he was in LA, my, one of my sons is a huge Dodgers fan and um So I saw him in spring training. Um, I actually, you know, we, we, we watched him pitch a session and I was like, this guy's got something. He's just, he's young and he, he needs a little bit more confidence at the major league level. He, he was going for pretty good there for the, for the Dodgers right before the trade. And then he got traded and he was okay. And then he was decent again. And then he wasn't. And so, I mean, he's just a young pitcher that just needs a, he just needs that little extra bit of confidence. And, you know, I'm hoping that, that, that some extra innings, some extra work, some, you know, I'm just hoping that kind of stuff pushes him forwards because, you know, I can't, I don't know that we can trust Kikuchi coming back into the starting rotation. I mean, I know he's penciled in as number five by most, but I mean, mm. that's a risky one. <laughs> he, yeah, he's at, you know, he's at his issues, but overall, I mean, you know, I feel like the Jays are probably going in with, One of the better lineups in Major League Baseball. I mean, certainly we didn't empty the coffers out like the Mets or some of the other teams did. But I think that we also have some wiggle room when it comes to a couple months into the season where we see things are going one direction or the other. And um, I'm hoping that they can make the right reactionary move to make sure that we are on that, you know, pushing forwards towards
2: getting to the playoffs and winning the AL. And there's the goal in mind, win the AL and run into more than, you know, wildcard level of fun with the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, let's uh, talk. Spring, like I said, we've been kind of focused on gearing up and how we're going toward that direction, boys. It's that time of the year where we're going to make some predictions. (laughs) So, um, Jason, I know you got to duck out here in the very few minutes here or whatever it is. So, I'm going to let you make your be the first here to go off with the bold predictions for spring training or just give me some kind of prediction that you're feeling that could come to fruition this uh, spring training.
4: Well, I mean, I think that there's, you know, I think there's some some hidden uh, gems in the system of the prospects. I feel like, Adam, uh, is it Coffinstein? Is that right? Jeez, Louise, that's a throat. <laughs>
2: Coffinstein. It's like a cow right in the throat. But, you know, he's, 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 I just have to say it because of the un-Frankenstein thing. It's yeah, he, he really trended,
4: in, you know, uh, him and Gunnar Hugland both, uh, you know, trended near the end of the year and, and throughout the year. Um I see a few other guys, you know, that I'm hoping uh, that spring training will, you know, will, will move them into different places. Um, And funny, Kevin Biggio was one of the guys I had down as, as, as wanting to see somebody who comes out of spring training, not only with, with success, but also knowing his role. Like he, that's going to be the biggest thing for Biggio and Whit Merrifield this year knowing their roles going into the season so that there aren't weird expectations come July where they're like, okay, Whit, you're going to catch, then you're going to DH, then you're going to go out and play center, right? Like, I mean, if they say that's what he's going to do, if he's going to play everything, great, awesome. But if they narrow it down to you're going to play two and you're going to play the outfield, great. That's better for him. He comes to the ballpark expecting, you knowing what to expect and we know what to expect of him. So, Again, you know, Espinal, Whitmerry Field, I'm hoping those guys come out. Bat, BGO um, with good spring trainings. Um, and, and for if you want to go a long term uh, predi- prediction, I am going to predict that the Jays will make it to the American League um, uh, finals uh, and they will lose, unfortunately. But that's my oh, pick. you're going
2: to be that guy.
4: Yeah. Too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh
2: boy. All right. Guess guess let's go next. Eric, what are you thinking for a prediction wise for the spring training?
3: Um, well, I, I have a couple players that I think that are going to bounce back in a big way. I I kind of both I referenced both of them already. Uh Jose Barrios. Dude was an absolute stud for the Twins for many years. It bothers me to no end that so many people are just willing to say that the guy sucks and he's not coming back because he's had one down year throughout the course of his career. He, he, he's a damn good pitcher. And I think he's going to remind everybody in spring training. Um, And then I'm going to stay in the pitching staff and I'm going to say Mitch White will also show Blue Jays fans what he's really about. The guy doesn't have to be a starting pitcher, he he has looked good as a relief pitcher i mean he's another one where fans see the 7.7 7 era and automatically say this guy is not good when you it's look at the show he, right right <laughs> when you look a little bit past the era and you look at his fip which takes the fielders behind him out of the equation he has never been above 3.9 so That's his era person. would be 3.7 with the blue jays if it weren't for a little bit of unluckiness that he ran into on the club. Yeah. So just remember that if if he had better defenders and things went his way a little bit more last year, his ERA would be 3.7. And I promise you nobody would have anything to say negative if that yeah. was what he ran with. So I think, I think this year he's really gonna, he's going to thrive again. It does not have to be as a starting pitcher. I've seen some people point out that he doesn't have more than a, a pitch or two to rely on. If you look at his pitcher list profile, he has a four-seamer, slider, curveball, sinker, changeup. So he has the repertoire. Like we were saying about Thompson, he he he's got stuff in his tool his toolbox. So just just give him a chance in a full season in Toronto, and I'm willing to bet that he's going to show. You know he's he's not he's not going to get Cy Young votes. I don't think he's ever going to do that. But I think he's definitely going to look better than he did last year. Um, So that was what I had for spring training. If I'm going a little bit big picture down the line, I think the Blue Jays are going to make one significant splash this season. It probably sometime around the deadline. My pick, and I don't. It's going to have to. It's going to be reliant on the performance of some other pitchers, but I think the Blue Jays are gonna end up with Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals. Ooh. He's a damn good pitcher when he's on. He is a going to be a free agent at the end of the year, which kind of sucks. But if he can join this team and do what he has done for years now as a Cardinal, I think I think he could end up being the piece that the Jays acquire to really put the team on his back. And and again I'm not sure where he'd fit because you know if 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 Barrios is coming back, that gives us four really good starters. If you bring a Flaherty in, all of a sudden Kikuchi, Ryu, White, all three of them are out of the rotation picture. And I'm not positive if it's if it could end up shaking out like that, but I th- in I think the Blue Jays are going to reapproach the Cardinals, you know, because a deal fell through for I want to say it was Danny Jansen for Ryan Helsley, their relief pitcher. I think the the Jays are going to call the Cardinals again, circle back, and they're going to make something happen for Flaherty, and he's going to be he's going to be the key. Yeah,
2: to that point, that would be a very good comeback of the year candidate, right there. in Jack Flaherty, a guy that was, correct me if I'm wrong, he came back from shoulder surgery, and then he got. Going in the minor leagues, looking like himself again, and then I think he hurt his knee after two starts at the major league level again this past season. So yeah, he ended up missing the rest of the season, didn't get to go to the playoffs or anything. So I don't
3: remember exactly what happened with him, but he he made uh, he only appeared in nine games last year for the Cardinals, and he did not look anything like his former self. But I think that has a lot to do with him being maybe a little rusty and uh, maybe rushed know. even. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They needed him. So he yes. was
2: putting that a little too much on his own. And yes, you know he's had a philosophy season.
3: Yes, for sure. They definitely rushed him back because they needed him on their staff. And they did, and then he didn't even end up being all that great. Yep. You know, he was he was nine percent below league average last year as a pitcher. So that's not really what the Cardinals wanted, and they should have been a little bit more careful with that. There you go. Ken? Mm. I think it's your uh, turn, mister. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I am gonna have some general predictions for the spring training. I think it's going to be, a, the spring training is going to be, a, the theme of it is going to be guys needing to, wanting to prove their worth, right? I see that, uh, I I think that, you know what, Jensen's probably going to probably come out a little bit stronger this year because he's going to be the go-to guy now, right? Because before it was always back and forth of who he was, between him and Kirk. So the, I, see, I see that friendly rivalry of who's going to be the starter, which we know Jensen is at this point. Uh, with Kirk not you know, we nipping at his heels to do it. So I see Jensen trying to, you know, step up his claim. I see actually also the outfielders that we signed, uh, Varsho and Kiermaier. I think they're going to probably want to step up to the plate to prove their worth because I'm sure they've seen social media and a lot of the Blue Jays fans, not necessarily us, but some other ones that have really cr- criticized the trades of them coming to Toronto. So I think they're going to probably want to set the tone. <laughs> we just have someone much cleaning clear. in the back yep uh for that as well and um i'm just trying to think and hopefully we'll see some guys step up as well like i'm hoping chapman will step up but my long-term prediction is unfortunately we're gonna have to bring in a third baseman to cover it and my pick right now is rance Molinix. i think we'll bring him back to the th- uh, to play third base if chapman gets hurt so that's my pick that's my prediction
2: We need somebody with some 80s glasses in this mess. (laughs) I can't be the only guy on the show with
3: it. (laughs) Can I throw one more out there real quick? Yep, and then I'll give you mine. (laughs) I think there's one guy that a lot of people have overlooked, and I think if the season started today, he would make the active roster as a backup outfielder. But there's a gentleman by the name of Nathan Lukes, on the 40 man roster he is he's 28 years old he's never made the major leagues a lot of readers and commenters like to say that that's because he's not good I think he's been blocked a lot in the past in 2021 with the Rays he hit 303 we brought him over last year he played 111 games 25 doubles 11 homers 20 stolen bases and the 285 batting average I really like the guy. I actually talked to him recently. I have an interview piece coming up with him uh, pretty soon. And nice. awesome guy. Awesome guy. He's really looking forward to the opportunity. He's super humble. He knows his role. He said he's not. he doesn't expect to be in the middle of the lineup. He's not going to be, you know, 30 <clears throat> home runs. He said that he knows his value comes with his eye at the plate, his patience, his stolen bases. He's, he's a really good defensive outfielder, too. So I think that's someone to watch and it helps that he's already on the 40-man roster and you know the the Blue Jays took the step and added him to the roster as a 28-year-old with no big league experience so I think yeah. that says a lot that they like him as well.
2: He I I got the, I got the pleasure of seeing him play here in Buffalo, you know Plenty because, uh, you know, Rochester, New York, Buffalo were a whole, you know, through a trip on about an hour away from each other. So it's a nice little perk. Um, I get to see the Buffalo Bisons all the time. So, in the midst of that equation, I fell in love watching this guy hit last year. And he has a nice, sweet swing, makes great contact. And to your point, Eric solid crazy good at bats he he doesn't let anybody cheat him out there either so it's gonna be very interesting to see if he somehow squeaks in to be in that fourth outfielder conversation or somehow you know come up at some point and impress everybody and then you can't take him back off the roster it really would not shock me Mm. so
1: so what's your prediction, okay. Greg? Yeah, you're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> my turn? Yes.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm reaching back into my Jays Journal days when I was the actual minor league writer and I was nicknamed the minor league guru for the Blue Jays stuff for us. Um, I'm going to call it out that two, two pitchers in the minor league system are going to take spring training by storm. Uh, one of them, I think, is a little more obvious than the other, and that is Ricky Teedman had a ridiculous minor league season. Got all the way up to double A last year, but to that point, nobody could touch this kid. He was doing insane stuff, got to the double-A level. He's technically slated to start with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, possibly because he only got in a few innings there. But it really wouldn't shock me that he starts in Buffalo with a really good spring. And to that point, if he does have a really good spring, goes to Buffalo for a month and destroys everybody in the, you know, what is the early month of horribles in uh, the minor leagues here in Western New York, (laughs) because it's usually literally snowing (laughs) <laughs> they, they actually have a standing normal here in Rochester that if it's snowing on the opening day, you get another game ticket for free if you come to the game <laughs> for any time, <laughs> you know, when it's sunny, nice and sunny later in the year. So, it, but to that point, I think he could be riding the Alec Manoa train to getting to the major leagues. And as much as I would love to see Jack Flair to be our fifth starter, it really would not shock me that he moves that quickly to be that guy in that spot and steals it from Mitch White and from uh, Yusei Kikuchi, who, to your point, Eric, also, you had mentioned we only have one lefty in our bullpen. Kikuchi could look pretty damn good in our bullpen with his stuff and be that other lefty to be that guy. And then the other gentleman who actually did play, I believe, one game – with the Blue Jays last year. And that's, you <laughs> So, so Zulueta was, is a flamethrower. And to that point, he's had some trouble controlling it, but he still managed to have a sub four ERA in the minor leagues last year with control issues. If he can find a way to tame that, he could be a guy that comes into the uh, spring here and looks very, very good and polished for a now 24 year old. <laughs> instead of being the young kid in town. So it could be interesting to see where he goes this spring. But I think between Zuluetta and Teedman this spring, we have some young prospects that we should be watching this spring, especially early on when they have all those games where they're like, just get out there, guys. Those two guys are going to make all those other youngsters in the spring training invite rosters look pretty damn embarrassing, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. All right. Other than other than that, this is the last minute, Ken, before you start hitting buttons on me. <laughs> um, Eric, this is your moment to shine. Tell all the Blue Jays fans where they can find you um, and all that kind of good stuff and find your work.
3: Well, I predominantly dwell on Twitter. Um, I don't know if my ad is still floating around here. Um, it yeah. was. Yeah, so my it's just at troyden. Uh, I spent a lot of time on there. Um, do a ton of writing over at Jay's journal um, I don't know if there's a, li- a way to, for me to post a link to my writing and stuff but generally I'm the the lead guy over there doing all the editing and the posting and stuff I try and be the most active guy there as as, as I need to be as the as, as the expert over there so yeah no I I, I I reside on Twitter I spend a lot of time on the blue Jay's Facebook but yeah overall Twitter is where you get want to find me I love talking baseball. I'll talk any team, anytime. So I'm always open to, you know, meeting some new friends and all that. so you can find me on there. Yep. And we were glad to have you on this evening, sir. So it was a pleasure having you. We'll have to
2: make this more of a regular thing, I think.
3: Yeah, Enjoy no, I, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: So yeah, that was awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. So as far as everything else goes, Blue Jays fans, uh, that is our evening tonight on Jaybird Watching. Make sure you do find us on Twitter and uh, Facebook and all the social media stuff at BirdwatchingGC. We are also... Live every week, usually it's Tuesdays or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time, except for it's like 4 o'clock where Jason hides in the left side of the country. <laughs> so, But to that point, we are also the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of Fansided. So, Eric, you get to be your first-time tradition. I'm sure, you know, listening to the show, you know how we end this every week, but it's now time for the two claps and a Rick Flair. Uh, let's go, Blue Jays. One, two, three. Woo! Woo! Go Let's Niners! Go Blue Jays! Go, Di- go Blue and Jays! <laughs> Thank you for
1: listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go! Woo! Hi,